News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News. Now, we want to turn back now to Queen Elizabeth's uh, visit to Ireland in 2011. We're joined by Bobby McDonough, who was Ambassador of Ireland to the UK at that time. Bobby, I, I think rarely do any of us understand the significance of events as we're living through them. But I suspect this was an exception to the rule. Did you kind of understand at the time the the, the significance and the the historic nature of what was happening? Um, Well, yes, Shane, I did, of course, in the run-up to the visit, have an appreciation of its significance. But it was only during the visit itself, uh, when the Queen arrived in Baldonnell and then arrived in Orson Ochtron, that I felt in my bones the significance of, of the visit. I mean, it wasn't a particularly well-known or, or, or no, remarked upon um, uh, moment in the visit, but I, I must say that the hair stood up on the back of my head in Oris Nukhtaron when the officer in charge of the, of, of the party of soldiers that she was to inspect walked up to her and barked in her face, as soldiers do on these occasions, Bonry and Eilish Ado. When he said that in Irish, it just struck me how remarkable this moment in history was. But I think the, the, the most remarkable moments were when the Queen laid a wreath in honour of people who died for Irish freedom, and then the next day when the President joined her in laying a wreath for Irish people who died in British uniform. It was, I think, a remarkable moment of reconciliation, not only between these islands, but in global terms. There was huge coverage of the visit around the world, and there are probably no two countries that have had a longer, better-known rivalry than Britain and Ireland uh, and when the Queen um, bowed her head in honour of those who died for Irish freedom, it was a, a moment of world significance as well as of Irish significance. Yeah, because there had been a perception maybe before that, privately, that maybe there was a little bit of antipathy between uh, 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 in Buckingham Palace towards Ireland generally, perhaps understandably, given some of the events that have happened over the years. But that was firmly laid to rest on, on that visit. Well, I certainly never had that impression. I mean, from the moment I arrived as ambassador in London two years before the visit, the message was crystal clear, both directly from the Queen when I presented credentials, but also through her officials, that she was extremely enthusiastic about visiting Ireland. Indeed, my Australian colleague uh, said that he asked her when he presented credentials, was there anywhere in the world that she hadn't visited that she would like to visit? And she said immediately Ireland. So it wasn't just a message from me. It was was a wider message. And it was quite clear also that she was willing to bend the rules and to, not to have the, the normal lead-in period for a state visit, which would normally be a couple of years, but she would do it at short notice if it became possible. No, I, I, I think that the affection that the royal family have for Ireland uh, runs quite deep, and I think we saw it also with Prince Charles, now Charles III, who came to the embassy and uh, in his speech said that every time he's been with Irish people, he comes away with his spirits lifted. So I think that despite the recent turbulent political times relating to Brexit and the protocol, I think both Queen Elizabeth and and her heir and son uh, have a genuine affection for Ireland and act as a sort of anchor in the British-Irish relationship and a reminder that there are deeper aspects of the relationship than the antics of the Johnson administration. Uh, Bobby McDonough, thank you indeed for that insight. Uh, Bobby McDonough, former Irish ambassador to the UK and, of course, to the EU as well. We're also joined by Eamon Gilmore, former Tornishta and Minister of Foreign Affairs, who welcomed the British monarch on her visit to Ireland in 2011. Um, Eamon, good morning to you. Um, your memory of that time? Well, my memory, first of all, was of meeting uh, Queen Elizabeth at Baldonnell and... Uh, 
I, I remember that I, I, you know, I had a, an impression of her. And it was an impression, I think, largely shaped by Helen Mirren's uh, representation of her in the movie. Uh, somebody being very aloof and very formal and probably very cold. And uh, when she arrived and she got off the plane and uh, she turned around and uh, gave me this beaming smile, um, you know, and I stuck out my hand and she shook it and we, I welcomed her to Ireland. And it was clear she was very happy to be in Ireland, um, very um, excited about it. And I must say that I found her then in that first meeting and indeed in subsequent meetings with her to be a very warm, uh, engaging person and not at all like the public uh, image that is often presented of her. And that visit, how important was it for for Irish-UK relations at that time? Oh, it was was critical and it did a huge amount uh, Bobby McDonough has just described there, you know, the, the importance it was for, for reconciliation. But it also did a lot to to build the British-Irish relationship because around the visit, there were other things happening. Uh, the, the then Foreign Secretary of uh, the United Kingdom um, uh, came came with her. Um, and um, we, we had a number of meetings and events. I remember we set out, with the, we launched... For the first time ever, um, a British-Irish Chamber of Commerce, uh, which was uh, dedicated to promoting trade uh, between Britain and Ireland. And there was a lot of hope then about the potential uh, for the, the British-Irish relationship, potential in economic terms and trade terms. And of course, also building on the very close personal relationships that there are between people and Ireland of course. Uh, and in, in Britain. We're, we're neighbours. She came as uh, the head of state of our nearest neighbour. And that was the way that we approached that visit. Thank you for speaking to us this morning. That is Eamon Gilmore there, former Thánaiste and Minister of Foreign Affairs. Uh, let's bring in Baroness uh, Kate Hoy now, former member of the House of Lords, uh, former uh, Labour MP as well. Kate, how are you feeling this morning? Well, I think like everyone, uh, I'm seeing it as, uh, you know, as the end of an era, although we all knew she was, you know, going to die at some time. When it actually happens, I think probably all of us, certainly in, in, in England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, indeed in the Republic, feel that just we'll always remember this when this happened. I think for me, it was the feeling that the constant nature all through my life of having sort of one person as your head of state who you know is always going to be there turns out for all the big occasions. And it it, uh, it is something that, you know, the continuity and brings the country together. And that's what I think people, you know, the first thing that happens where it's going to be um, King Charles there will be very different. But of course, the immediate passing on to King Charles, the, the speed that that happens, the instant that Her Majesty died, he becomes king. And that, of course, yeah. gives a, a, a stability to the country, which I think people will recognise. Do you worry at all about the monarchy now that that continuity, as you say, inevitably had to be broken, but is broken after such a long period of time? Do you worry about the institution? Uh, no, I don't, actually. I think that um, there are obviously some people, uh, not many, but some people who, who would prefer a, an elected president as head of state. I think the the role that Prince Charles has played 
uh, sort of learning and guiding, being guided by his mother, just like his mother was guided by her father. I think that he will, um, he will be, it will be different. The, the monarchy has always evolved to, to change with times changing when we look back, you know, 70 years of, as, as the queen, how the world changed in that time. But I don't think it will. And I think the Commonwealth, the importance of the Commonwealth, we just have to look at the, the messages coming from all over the world. This is not just a, a you know, a, a British tragedy, a, a British sadness. This is, this is a world event. And I think that, uh, you know, her knowledge and, and, uh, King Charles's knowledge of the world and understanding of, of what's going on everywhere, really, because of their history of being being involved and knowing knowing leaders of countries. I think that that is, is very, very remarkable. And the Commonwealth is is now, you know, growing almost every year. There's another country who want to join. And I okay. think, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not concerned. I think there'll be discussion and debate, as there always is. But no, Her, Her Majesty's, uh, her, her, her kind of, almost her, um, the, the way she leaves things is in a, a way that I'm quite her confident legacy. the monarchy yeah. will stay. Okay. It's her legacy. Kate Hoy, uh, thank you for talking to News Breakfast, News Talk Breakfast this morning. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.